0: Today is a great show because I'm going to reveal to you the greatest secret of all. Well, I'm not, but Mark Allen, the author of The Greatest Secret of All, Simple Steps to Abundance, Fulfillment, and a Life Well-Lived Is. Hello, Mark.
1: Hello, Lisa.
0: Now, Mark, I'm going to say that we are going to have a great interview in an easy and relaxed manner in a healthy and positive way. How's that?
1: Yes, that sounds great to me.
0: And will you please tell the listeners why that is significant?
1: that phrase changed my life in my late 20s i read a book by Catherine ponder a unity church minister all about affirmations and she had that phrase in there and literally the day i turned 30 i started i first dared to write down my ideal scene the life i wanted five years in the future ideally then i made a whole list of goals from there Then I rewrote each goal as an affirmation preceded by that phrase for every goal in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way. I am now creating a successful publishing company. It was one of the first. In an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way, I'm now writing books that have a great impact in the world. I wrote all my goals using that phrase. And years later, looking back on it, I, I think just repeating those words over and over and over, Uh, many times a day I really think helped overcome a huge amount of doubts and fears that I had because that's where the work is as soon as you set your goal and dare to dream doubts and fears come up and dealing with those is the most important work of all and I think those four words easy relaxed healthy positive overcame a huge amount of doubts and fears because what are our fears it isn't easy it's hard Mm -hmm. based on the belief that life is hard, success is hard, it's hard to succeed, it's hard to make money. I kept saying, it's easy, it's easy. It's not relaxed, it's stressful. Many of us believe, you know, our our whole culture is stressed out, in my opinion. Many of us believe stress is necessary for success. Well, not in my experience. I kept saying, I'm going to do it in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way.
0: Now, I love that because it's not like you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. So what led up to that aha moment for you, if you will, where you wrote your ideal scene? What led up to age 30? What was your life like? Uh, Until I
1: turned 30, I, I often say I had the opposite of the Midas touch. Everything I touched fell apart. I was a total poverty case through most of my 20s. I was born knowing it was important to do what I loved. That was... An important piece that I that I just got subconsciously I, I my older brother did what the parents wanted him to do but he wasn't passionate about his work and so I saw well it doesn't do any good to do what your parents want and then my the second brother my family came along he rebelled against the parents <laughs> he was the parents nightmare and I I think I got subconsciously it doesn't do any good to fight him either Because the things you're rebelling against are things you empower. So I just got subconsciously, oh, okay, I I won't do what the parents want me to do, but I won't fight them either. I'll just do what I want to do. So I wanted to be an actor and a musician in my early 20s. And I joined a theater company that I wrote music for, and it was great for about a year and then fell apart. And I joined another company that fell apart. and Then I... Went to a Zen center, I followed my girlfriend there and I got kicked out for breaking the rules and <laughs> then we had a, a disastrous back to the land experiment I followed my girlfriend too and then I wandered around. I had a rock band for a while that fell apart and I had all these fun things I did and good ideas but I had no idea how to be successful doing what I loved and then i turned 30 and i literally uh i woke up in a state of shock i realized i wasn't a kid anymore i had no job no money no family support i was scrounging a word we used all the time scrounging to get 65 dollars a month rent together for this Little studio hole in the wall in Oakland, California. <laughs> and, uh, you can't
0: even do anything in California for $65. Oh, I nowadays. know. Well, th-
1: this was the sev- early 70s, but it was just, you know, a one room place. It had a little kitchen, but in not a nice neighborhood. It had bars on the windows and things, and uh, occasional gunfire in the street. It was not a nice neighborhood, uh, but it was cheap. And, uh, that day was the day that really changed my life turning 30. Somehow it was sort of cool to be a struggling artist and spiritual seeker uh, in my 20s, but once I turned 30, it just it wasn't cool anymore. Something deep within me just said, "Okay, it's time to get focused and get serious." And that day I spent most of the day pacing up and down in my little place. I couldn't have a party. I had to think about my life. And that day changed my life. I remember during my back-to-the-land experiment that lasted about four or five freezing cold months, <laughs> um, I remembered when I turned 30, I, I thought back, and I remembered one night we were sitting around a fire, during the Back to the Land experience. And this one couple said, let's play this game we play at church camp. Let's imagine five years have passed and everything has gone as well as your life could imagine. What, what would your life look like? And we all went around the fire. And I don't remember one word of what I said. I was about 22 at the time. I don't remember a word, so it had no impact. But the day I turned 30, I did something to this day. This is what I teach. I did... A few little things that day that changed my life. I took a sheet of paper this time and wrote it down. I put ideal scene at the top, and I imagined five years had passed, so I was 35. Ooh. And, (laughs) you know, and much to my amazement, what spilled out when I dared dream my ideal, I put in big letters, ideal scene at the top. So it kept reminding me okay, dare to dream big, dream your ideal. I said, okay, well, I have a successful publishing company which amazed me as it spilled out because I'd had no interest in business at all. I'd been a, a spiritual type beyond money and and I even thought money might corrupt my creative and spiritual soul or something. I put I have a successful publishing company and I write books that have an impact in the world and I I've never written a book before. I put I've recorded my music. I've played music and written it. I never recorded and I have a beautiful big white home on a hill in Marin County, California, just north of San Francisco across the bay from Oakland is this beautiful, beautiful open county, real expensive and undeveloped in many areas. And that was my dream. And And then actually, as I dared to dream further, I was already assaulted with doubts and fears, but I added what might be so far my unique contribution to humanity because I'd read the Catherine Ponder book by that time. And so I even added in my ideal scene, I have a life of ease too. That's my ideal. Yeah, I don't want to work too hard. I only want to work when I feel like it. I want success in an easy and relaxed manner, a healthy and positive way.
0: You I know want what, Mark, let me tell you, because I highlighted something in your book. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I highlighted no. this because it's like, it, it sort of struck me, and it's what, exactly what you're talking about. On page 17, it says, I realized what I really wanted was a life of ease. I didn't want to work too hard. Success with ease and success without compromising the other things that were important to me in life. I wanted to do what I loved and not have to do anything I didn't really enjoy. Isn't yeah. that really what we all want? I love yeah. that.
1: Yeah, isn't that what we all want? I mean, when I thought through my ideal, I thought, well, I'm sure if if everyone had this option, that's what they would love to do.
0: So, oh, absolutely. And, you know, as you're sitting there staring at your ideal scene, and we're going to talk right now about those doubts and fears. Because even even the act of pulling a piece of paper out and having someone sit down and writing that first sentence, that first doubt sneaks in the minute pen touches paper. So explain yeah. to everybody what the experiment is and how that relates to doubts and fears.
1: Yeah. I remember that vividly. As soon as I started writing, I even remember my exact thoughts. As soon as I wrote, uh, I have a successful publishing company, it's, oh, you you have a business, and then I I wrote, I write books and music, and I have a home on the hill. As soon as I did that, My doubts and fears just overwhelmed me. They said, Mark, that's way too much. You want to start a business and write books and record music and get into real estate. That's way too much, Mark. Just pick one thing and focus on that. Our doubts and fears can be very rational and reasonable, you know. And so, but I remember thinking, I paced up and down, literally talking to my doubts and fears. And I said, no, this is my ideal. Let me dream my ideal. And they said, well, you can't do all that stuff. But I, did, I went back to it, and then I added, I have a life of ease, I don't work too hard. My doubts and fears literally said, impossible, never been done. <laughs> you know, you've got to work 60 to 80 hours a week to start up a company. That's what my dad had told me. That's what several people told me. You, know, you can't have a life of ease and success, basically. And I got around it, literally, I was talking, sort of dialoguing with my doubts and fears, And I had just remembered a story somebody told me about Buckminster Fuller in the late sixties or early seventies. He'd go around speaking and he said that he reached a point in his twenties where he decided to either commit suicide or look at his life as this unique experiment. And fortunately he chose the experiment and by the time into the seventies he by the time he was speaking he looked back on what he called a fifty year experiment. And I latched onto that word. That's all I got from Buckminster Fuller was that one word, experiment. But that's all I needed. I latched onto it and I said, okay, doubts and fears, I'm going to try this as an experiment. You, let me try this as an experiment for, for a year to go for my dreams, to really go for this ideal scene, but do it in my own lazy way, working only when I feel like it which I know doesn't include Mondays. I'm not a morning or doesn't include mornings. I'm not a morning person. And very early on, I started taking all Mondays off too and just working when I feel like it. My doubts and fears said impossible. And I literally said to them, well, look, if it doesn't work. And I think most of my thoughts thought it wouldn't work because most of my thoughts were doubts and fears. But I literally said to them, look, if it doesn't work, I won't be any worse off than I am now. I had no job. I had no money of any kind. I was scrounging every month. You know, I'd help a friend move or I'd I'd do a little odd job or
0: mm-hmm. I get
1: fired as a dishwasher and busboy for being too slow.
0: Oh, I had wow.
1: these little <laughs> I couldn't make it as a dishwasher so I had to start my own company.
0: Oh, but I love that even the, when I read the word experiment because there are a few things that are new in my life right now and that word just gave me such like, hope and courage, it's kind of like, yeah, um, we're going to try this as an experiment, and then if it doesn't work, you can go ahead and do your superior dance and say, I told you so. But right now, it's all about at least stepping out one thing at a time, checking off, you know, on that list of the ideal scene, moving in a positive direction. So that's a really good way to sort of lasso and contain those doubts and fears. And some of them aren't always coming from inside our head they come no. from people around us too
1: yeah yeah and the more we have doubts and fears inside our heads the more we will attract those people around us that just reflect those doubts and fears the the day i turned 30 my folks called to wish me happy birthday and i said dad i'm going I'm to start a company his first words i remember vividly were well you know 80 percent of businesses fail in their first two years
0: <laughs> what a good, oh, wow. You Dad. know,
1: Thanks, Dad. And I remember my thought was, oh, okay, I can't share my dreams with this guy. He's one of those that will mirror my own doubts and fears. I can't, you know, he's, he, I can't share my dreams with him. I just have to create those dreams first and, and let him see them.
0: Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And many uh-huh. of my
1: friends were like that. My poverty case, all my friends were poverty case. We were all struggling artists musicians and spiritual seekers, and none of us had any money. And that was cool in Mm, my 20s. Look
0: at you now, Mark. Look at you now.
1: (laughs) I know. It's amazing.
0: I I I love that. Love that. Let's talk about manifestation, because that word gets thrown around a lot, and everybody... Mm sort of might, you know, has different descriptions of it, but you talk about manifestation in your own words on page 58, and this is this is what you said works for you. We are powerfully creative beings. When we focus our conscious mind on our dream or goal, our limitless subconscious mind gets to work and shows us step-by-step step how to reach that goal.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly my, well, how I think the process works. I, I attempted to describe the process. I think that the ultimate process of manifestation or of creative visualization or whatever you want to call it is ultimately a great mystery. We don't know how it works, but we can set it in motion. We can set it in motion. and The image I have is exactly that. Once we get a clear idea and affirm that idea, a clear goal, a dream in clearly expressed, ideally written down. Then, our subconscious mind, we have this vast connection. This is the mysterious part. We have a vast connection to the whole universe in some way. Call it what you will. Call it God. Call it mind. Call it subconscious. Call it the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whatever you call it, uh, as someone once said, the universe says yes to every thought. So if we say, I'm going to go for my dream, I'm going to create success doing what I love. The universe says yes and literally starts showing us exactly what to do. The steps to take are very simple and small. A journey of a thousand miles just starts with one step, one step. Every step I've taken to build a multi-million dollar company was just simple and obvious. There wasn't any great leap. There wasn't any great... Leap of faith, either, or I didn't have to come to believe in myself or anything. No, I just decided to start a company, and I wrote down, I now have a successful company, and I started affirming that, and the first steps became obvious. It was well. Let's see, the first thing I did, I remember, you have to read a used business one one textbook to learn about business. You don't know a thing about business. I'd never taken a course or anything <laughs> in it. So the as soon as you dare to to affirm you're reaching a goal, the steps start becoming obvious and it's just a matter of taking those steps mm-hmm. and dealing with all the doubts and fears that'll arise and undermine
0: that's right. And if, if you do have a little bit of fear about the your specific journey, you know, turn that into excitement. This is like a new life opening up because a lot of people are doing that right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. out of work and deciding to completely change their life and their careers. And the yeah. the good part, Mark, is they're going towards their passion now.
1: Yep. I've met all kinds of people very successful doing what they love, and it was because they lost their job and they were forced to. In a recession, all kinds of businesses start up and all kinds of careers get going that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Mm-hmm. Because people, once you lose your job, that's a great motivator.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, I highly recommend Mark's book, The Greatest Secret of All, Simple Steps to Abundance, Fulfillment and a Life Well Lived. And I love it because it's only 120 pages long and it's it's easy to read and you will fly through this book. And I don't want to give away everything, but Mark has some great things to say about gratitude, love and service. Um, as well as, you know, really understanding what our great purpose in life is. So I'm going to leave that little tidbit for everybody and tell them you can go to markallen.com and he spells his name M A R C and then A L L E N dot com. Where else can they find your book, Mark? Oh,
1: it should be everywhere in your local independent store, in your chain store, Amazon.com, com. See? It, no excuse there.
0: not to get this book. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And and I'm also challenging everybody to go ahead and take that piece of paper out and go ahead and start writing your ideal scene. Mark, you, thank you so much for being with us, and we really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate it, too.
0: Bye, everybody, and thanks for choosing to be positive now.